problem with hope. What's up, y'all niggas all fed up? Cause I got a little cheddar and my rank is moving out the store. Young fuck spitting at me, young rappers kicking at me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And last week was pretty heavy when we talk about sports, man. A lot went down. But the biggest thing that went down was the Washington Wizards trade John Wall in a first-round pick to Houston Rockets for Russell Westbrook. This is huge. And, And this is where we'll start. You have to look at this trade in two different angles. In fact... We're going to look at this trade in two different angles. First, let's look at the the pure basketball angle. A lot of people want to say who won, who lost the trade. Of course, Houston gets John Wall. They get a first, I think, 2023 first round pick. The Wizards get Russell Westbrook, a new point guard to match or to, to play alongside Bradley Beal. That's just, I'm not going to say who won or who lost. I'm going to say how this works basketball-wise on the floor. On the floor, this gives – let's just talk about Washington first. This gives – well, what did John Wall do best when he was healthy? What John Wall did best when he was healthy, he was the fastest player. Now, granted, John Wall has not been healthy since 2018. I think December 2018. Now, of course, we've seen the hot, the the mixtape or the basketball scrimmages he's done uh, this summer, which, of course, I hope any any player is 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 healthy. But he hasn't played basketball as far as in the NBA since I think December two thousand eighteen. What John Wall did best was not only control the the tempo of the game for the Wizards, but he was an incredible assist assist man. The the way he used his speed and athleticism to get to the paint made it uh, created created opportunity offensive opportunities for other players. You then you know the the all, the defense would have to to shrink so John Wall doesn't get easy layups, and then you have open three point shoots. That's how people like uh, an older older Paul Pierce. Uh, Bradley Bill early in his career. That's how people like like that was able to flourish. John Wall was due to his speed and athleticism and his innate ability to finish at the rim. It 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 allowed outside shooters to flourish. Exit John Wall, insert Russell Westbrook. How does this change? One thing that John, I believe John Wall did that Russell Westbrook doesn't do is John Wall, to me, did not penetrate or did not drive to the rim looking to score. He could score. And don't get me wrong. Him scoring was not a was not a problem. Him shooting was a problem. He he just like Russell Westbrook couldn't shoot, but. John Wall looked to get other players open. He looked to get other players involved. The difference between John Wall and and Russell Westbrook in this is Russell Westbrook drives. Now, one Russell Westbrook plays with a tenacity that nobody in the league plays. There's that's one thing that you can't say about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook plays hard every single play. You know it. 
He doesn't take a playoff. That's just how Russell Westbrook is. And and that's one thing that a lot of people love about Russell Westbrook. He's not going to cheat you. But the thing is this. Like I said, John Wall created or drove looking to pass. Russell Westbrook drives looking to score. If that doesn't make sense, I'll, I'll tell it to you like this. When John Wall would drive to the rim, his first instinct would be to look to see which defender crept in or which defender uh, squeezed down. And whoever's defender that is, more than likely John Wall will kick it out. I think there was a year or two John Wall. In fact, I think almost every year John Wall has been in the top three or four in assists. John Wall, he likes to get his he likes to get players involved. Russell Westbrook, while he is the triple double leader, we all know how you know leading uh, had three years in a row he averaged triple double. While he can pass the ball, it's it's a lot different when you it's different when you're searching for passes or when they just happen. And with Russell Westbrook, they just happen. Uh. Again, John Wall drives to get people open. Russell Westbrook drives to score. How does this work for for Washington? First and foremost, Washington doesn't have, outside of Bradley Bill, Washington doesn't have that player that can put the ball on the ground and get and get to the cup. I know Washington thought Troy or Troy Brown or Tony Brown, Troy Troy Brown. Troy Brown was going to be that. He wasn't, or he hasn't been. And outside of that, I mean, you have Ish Smith, but, I mean, that's Ish Smith. And and you, outside of, one thing that Washington struggled with last year, due to John Wall being it hurt, and the pieces that were around Bradley Bill, it was Bradley Bill and nothing. That's why you saw Bradley Bill get 50-point games, a lot of 40-point games, and they're still lost. I mean, like the Wizards would still lose those games. It's just, it was really only Bradley Beal in, as t- in terms of creating offense. And because of that, Bradley Beal, his defense suffered because he exerts so much energy on the offensive side of the ball. Insert Russell Westbrook. Now, no, 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 no. Russell Westbrook is not the defender. That he's not. He's not a lockdown defender. He he does give you a lot of energy, and you know, but he does not give you the defense that, let's say, a healthy John, well, a, a healthy before injury John Wall would. Now, trading for Russell Westbrook could work for Washington, and the only way that it could work for Washington is if Russell Westbrook understands that he is not the center of this table. The center of the table is Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill averaged, I think, second in the league in points last year. Uh, it's, <laughs> he, he's one of the best scorers in the league. And the team, which is one reason why John Wall isn't there anymore, the team decided that Russell, I mean, that Bradley Bill was going to be, they're going to build the team around Bradley Bill and, John Wall wasn't going, didn't like he didn't fit in that in, at, at this point anymore. So 
the only way that this will work is if Russell Westbrook understands it's not 1A, 1B. It's not, you know, some nights is Bradley, some nights is me. No. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook is not a great player. But what I'm saying is Russell Westbrook came to a team where Bradley Bill is a star, and you are here to be the complement to Bradley Bill. I'm not saying don't look for your shot, even though statistically Russell Westbrook has been one of the worst shooters in NBA history. I'm not saying, you know, pass up all your shots. I'm not saying Bradley Bill has to take every shot. But what I'm saying is, you know, we've seen with Russell Westbrook, in fact, we've seen a couple times when Russell Westbrook has played with a star. You had KD, you had Paul George, you had uh, Victor Oladipo. Like, Russell Westbrook, while he is able to play alongside the star, he hasn't really shown an ability to adapt to that superstar. He, I believe he thinks, and, and don't get me wrong, I understand that Russell Westbrook is a great player, but I think in his mind he believes that players have to adapt to him, which isn't the case. Hell, yes, he was better than Paul George. Yes, he was better than Victor Oladipo, but let's, let's focus on when he played with Kevin Durant. He thought he was the best player on that team, which was far from the truth. Like... <laughs> It's, this is not going to work if Russell Westbrook does not understand that, okay, I can't shoot 20, 25 times a game, especially if I'm only if I'm only hit two shots. I understand. I can't look off Bradley Bill. I can't, you know, I got to get him involved. Like, that's, that's what's going to have to happen. So I do believe that, the Wizards did get a good did I mean I, I believe Russell Westbrook will be good for the Wizards if he understands exactly what his role is on the Wizards. He's not there to be <laughs> the Russell West, you know, he's not there to be the OKC Russell Westbrook after Kevin Durant left. He's there to be a complimentary player. Uh that is a great player, don't get me wrong. A great complimentary player for Bradley Bill. Now Will that happen? I don't know. I know reports have come out saying that he was upset about his uh, reputation of being a bad teammate. I do understand that I believe the the training camp started yes or practice started yesterday or two days ago, and Bradley or and Russell Westbrook's first day he was two hours early to set the tone. I get that. I, I, I like to hear that, and of course, seeing uh, Russell Westbrook wearing number four is a little. It was funny. <laughs> Before it came out, I said Russell Westbrook had to get permission from Marcin Gortat to wear number four. Boy, if you don't get the look, I understand Gortat played for Washington for 150,000 years, but I'll be damned if I gotta ask Marcin Gortat if I'm Russell Westbrook, can I, can I, yeah, can I, can I hold the number four? Man, get the, get out of my face with that, bro. <laughs> like, my, come on. All I'm saying is this. This trade can work for Washington in his favor. I do think that now Washington, if they're able to coexist, Washington does have arguably the best backcourt in the East. And I believe, you know, on the top with, with, uh, you know, 
I will say probably a top five backcourt in the NBA in general, especially this year, seeing, you know, Clay Thompson not being there um, and some injuries. I do think that they they possibly have a top five um, backcourt. But like I said, they have to jail together, which I do think that this training camp is very important, seeing as though it's not like you're dropping a, 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 a small complimentary. It's not like you're adding – uh, Bertans, which, who, which Washington did pay uh, a handsome amount to stay, but it's not like you're you're um, it's not like you're adding him to a piece. No, you're adding a person that has been the centerpiece of a team that is an all multi-time All Star that it that will be a Hall of Famer. Like th- you're gonna have to gel with this person. You're gonna have to understand Bradley Bill's tendencies. Bradley Bill's gonna have to understand your tendencies. You're going to have to understand, okay, where does Bradley Bill like the ball? Where do I like the ball? Like, it's you have to gel together. So I do think that training camp is definitely going to be important for them. And I think that, you know, Washington gets in a, a very dynamic player, one of the most dynamic players the league has ever seen. And I do think it'll work for – I do think that it can work for Washington. Now, what is their ceiling? I have – Washington ceiling now with Russell Westbrook more than likely a first round, maybe second round exit. But I do think that this definitely, especially in the East, makes them a playoff team. So, you know, you have to. There's a lot of brightness when it comes to Russell Westbrook. It does look weird. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of upside. Russell Westbrook being in, in Washington. And I also think that Russell Westbrook just needed a fresh start. Uh you know, playing OKC for as long as he did, then playing with Houston from a style that we know didn't didn't fit him and James Harden together. Going to Washington with Scotty Brooks, the coach where he had his most success, I do think that this, you know, that hopefully we're getting a new and improved. I'm not gonna say new and improved. We're getting a Russell Westbrook who understands what what it is and and is is ready to play. So, and now let's look on the Houston side. And with John Wall. Let me let me first say this. You know, you saw a, a you saw a lot of I guess for lack of a better term, you saw a lot of hurt uh from Washington Wizards fans on social media because John Wall means a lot to the city. You know, John Wall means a lot to the DMV, not only with uh his chair, the charitable events that he does, giving back to the community. But, you know, he was the number one overall pick for Washington. He, no matter what he said, no matter what he did, he remained loyal to the team. And, and Washington, you know, they have a, they have a way of wrapping their arms around players that they understand love the city and they understand love you know good players one and two players that they understand love where they are like John Wall is one of those players where you know <laughs> we the joke is he's a Rose Bar Hall of Famer because he was at Rose Bar a lot but like I said John Wall just loved the city hell I'm not saying he was a clubber like that but Gilbert Arena is one of those people that uh the the city just loves um you know Crom Butler is one of those people uh but John Wall is somebody that the city loved. And John Wall is somebody that DC was ready to see come back. Like I said, we haven't seen him play in the NBA 
since December 2018. That's two years uh, going. And, and I think that, like I said, this it was just it was just hurtful to see you know this this is the per- we watched John Wall grow up as far as his basketball life we watched him grow up and you know it was it was tough it it was tough to see see him go now that is just the emotional side of this you know the emotional side of course you don't want to see John Wall trade it you don't want to see John Wall leave you love John Wall you know we get that we it is what it is but. Let's look at the basketball aspect. One, Houston definitely looked up and got that 2023. Um, not looked up. Houston definitely was smart to get that 2023 uh, first round pick because we don't know what Washington's going to look like in 2023. We also don't know where they'll be in the draft. Um, but here's what John Wall. And here's what I say. John Wall, I said before, John Wall plays a lot like Russell Westbrook, but a lot different from Russell Westbrook. When I say a lot different, like I said, Russell Westbrook drives looking to score. John Wall drives looking to pass the ball. Now, the only thing I have to wait and see, just like I have to wait and see how Russell Westbrook gels with Bradley Bill. I really have to see how John Wall gels with James Harden because as we saw last year, as much as much best friends that Russell Westbrook is with James Harden, they just didn't fit. James Harden's a ball dominant player who likes to take at least 20 to no, <laughs> at least 30 shots a game. Brad, uh Russell Westbrook's one of those players that love to take at least 25 30 shots a game. John Wall, while he's not one of those players, he is a very ball-dominant guard who, you know, will like to dribble until the last second and kick to somebody to pass or kick to somebody to score. So I have to see, is John Wall going to be able to it, – it's not just John Wall. Is John Wall and Russell or James Harden going to be able to alter their games enough where they can play with each other? As we've just seen – James Harden was not able to do that with Russell Westbrook. Let's see if he's able to do that with John Wall, who passes a little more, but still does not shoot as well. You know, he doesn't shoot at the standard that I guess Houston has shot the past few years, even though Mike D'Antoni is gone now. We'll just have to see how 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 it matriculates. I think that this can be a really good pickup for Houston. Like I said, you have a dynamic player like John Wall. You have a dynamic player like James Harden. People forget Boogie Cousins. Of course, we have to see him get back to health. But he, at one point, was arguably the best center in the league. Like, Houston has pieces. Now, they did lose a lot of pieces, but Houston has really good pieces and you know, I'm just excited to see, you know, I'm excited to see exactly how it's going to work. I'm excited to see how Coach Silas is going to use and use all these pieces. And I do think that on the basketball standpoint, this trade definitely works as far as, you know, James Hart. I mean, no, uh, John Wall and Russell Westbrook. I do think this trade definitely helps both parties. Now, We'll have to see. It really depends on how they gel with the star of the team, how John Wall gels with James Harden and how Russell Westbrook gels with Bradley Beal. If they're able to both or if both parties is able to come together and 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 make magic, then 
you know, we'll see. But speaking of that, let's talk about James Harden. <laughs> now, as we know, James Harden uh, requested, just like Russell Westbrook, James Harden requested a trade this offseason. And he hasn't come down on that. Now, I know reports have come out saying he preferred to play with John Wall over Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's out of there. John Wall's in. But training camp started, I believe, yesterday. No, two days ago. And James Harden did not report to, or yesterday, two days ago, one of them two. James Harden did not report to camp. Now, this it's not just him not reporting to camp, but he hasn't communicated with his new coach, even though the coach was an assistant. But he hasn't communicated with the coach. He hasn't really communicated with the organization outside of saying, uh, you know, he wants to trade. You're seeing that they're saying the reason why he's not there due to protocol, this and the third uh, COVID protocol. However, we see him partying. Look, I'm not I'm not about to bash James Harden for partying. That's that. Hey, you do what you got to do. I mean, you do what you do. That's that's your life. Even even though he was partying without a mask on, but that's neither here nor there at this point. What I will say is this. Basketball contracts is a lot different from or NBA contracts is a lot different from NFL contracts. NFL contracts, if if you're owed two or two two hundred million for one year, you'll get that two hundred million whether you hold out or not. Especially if you sign the deal. With the NBA, if you if you have two years left in your contract and you don't show up for uh, a training camp or don't. the deal does the two years don't start until you show up for work. That's that's how it works for in the NBA. So I don't know. I know James Harden did decline the fifty three million a year uh, extension, and which was prompted by uh, or which was followed by he wants a trade. So I I would say, hey man, <laughs> you're still under contract. Show up, and if you really do want to trade help or allow Houston to help, you know, help Houston find you a path to wherever you want to go. Now, of course, I think the number or the the two destinations he think he wants to go to is either Brooklyn or Phoenix or Philly. All I'll say is this, sometimes the grass ain't green on the other side. <laughs> and 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 the, and the thing is this. Now, this could be one of two things. This could be a Kawhi Leonard situation where, of course, he demands a trade. He says he doesn't want to be here. He's pretty steadfast on that. And boom, he ends up in Toronto. This could be a Paul George type situation. He's in Indiana. He doesn't want to. He, he says he wants to trade. Paul George helps them find him a trade suitor. And he ends up in OKC with Russell Westbrook. Uh, or Or this could be a... A, a, a Kobe Bryant situation. Kobe Bryant was very public in saying that he wanted a trade out of uh, L.A. And uh, he went on a radio station and said he wanted to, or a radio show and said he wanted to be out of L.A. And think he said he wanted to go to uh, New York or something like that. But they said, uh, no, partner, you're staying here. We're going to get you the help you need. They get Paul Gasol, boom, he wins some championships. 
all good peaches and cream so i don't know how they're going to play this but all i know is at this moment james harden is not reported to practice so or he's not reported to training camp now i would think that this training camp is a lot more important than any other training camp seeing as though i do understand that a lot of the teams that are reporting uh just came from the bubble however you want to gel, you you want to gel as much as possible, and you want your. I, I'm not saying you have to go a thousand and one percent in training camp, but look at what look at what happened with the NFL. Now I understand it's different with the with the you know collisions and contact sport this and the third, but look at the NFL. The NFL did not have a uh, did had a rush training camp and didn't have preseason. Now you're seeing players drop left and right. I think to try and and jog your get your body in the right direction i would think that this would be a good time to you know seeing as though the i think the preseason starts this week or next week i think it's this week so i think the preseason either starts this week or next week like you really want to start getting your body in order like all right we we about to start playing we about to get on this grind so i don't know what's going to happen with james harden but one thing i do know is he has yet to report to camp and he did demand a trade, and it's looking like he's trying to st- he's standing pat on that, and he wants to be traded. So we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, speaking of speaking of uh, speaking of James, well, let's let's move on. So as we know, Anthony Davis signed uh, the max for the Lakers, five years, ninety million dollars. LeBron James signed the two-year max. I think it was two years, eighty-five million, I believe, like that. And I'm not. I mean, we kind of knew that uh, Anthony Davis was going to get the max. We kind of knew LeBron. I mean, we knew they were going to stay. I'm just saying this to say I'm excited to see what the league is going to be. Now, of course, we know that it's going to be rushed. Uh, Like I said, I think the preseason either starts this week or next week. Um, But I'm excited to see what's going to happen. You know, I'm excited to see all the teams again. I'm excited to see how how Golden State comes back, you know, after losing uh, Clay Thompson for yet another year, seeing how Kelly Oubre uh, gels with the team. I'm excited to see what happens with the Washington Wizards and what happens with Houston. I'm excited to see how the new pieces for L.A. fit. I mean, you get Montrezl Harold, you get Dennis Schroeder, you get Wesley Matthews, you get Marcus Saul. I do think that on paper, L.A. has enough to, to repeat. Like I said, last year, yes, they won in the bubble, but... And I'm not I'm not one of those people to discredit the bubble or discredit the bubble championship. Hell, it's still a championship. But I do think that, you know, I'm excited to see how all the new pieces you get a lot of good veterans. You do, Some veterans do leave like Dwight Howard leaves, uh, uh, Danny Green leaves. And while they weren't that big of a presence in the finals, they were important to the overall team, especially in the bubble and especially in the the rounds before the finals. I'm excited to see how they are. I do think that L.A. probably does have enough to repeat. I really do. Um, but, like, I mean, when you have LeBron, you have A.D., you have Marcus All, who is a vet, a smart vet. You have uh, Montrez Harold, who was the reigning sixth man of the year. Dennis Schroeder, who was a really good point guard. Like, and Wesley Matthews, who, while he might not be a gr- as good a shooter as Danny Green, he's still a great shooter. I, 
again, I think that <laughs> L.A. definitely has enough to repeat. You know what I mean? And now I know I hear a lot of people saying, well, they're going to three peat They're You know, I'm like, hold on, chill out. This is the same thing we said about uh, Golden State. And Golden State had a way better roster than what this Lakers have now. So I will say chill out. And and, and hell, you and, and I'm not wishing this. On, in fact, knock on wood. I'm not wishing this upon anybody, but an injury could like an injury to Anthony Davis could derail this entire team. An injury to LeBron James can derail this entire team. An injury to one of the complimentary bench pieces can can derail the team. So I don't wish that upon anybody. All I'm saying is let's just play it out. And let's see how it goes, man. Not to mention, again, there's I want to see I want to see how 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 other teams adjust. See how Golden State looks when they come back. See how Denver who was in the Western Conference Finals, see how they come back, see see what 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 Portland or, or the new additions in, in Phoenix. Like there's a lot of storylines that I'm ex- I'm excited to see and that I'm ready to see. So, you know, I'm just excited. I'm excited for the league. I'm excited for the East. You know, what happens can the Heat make it back to the championship, you know, outside of a bubble setting? What happens with the honest and the Bucks after they get Drew Holiday? Let's see about Washington. Let's see about um Toronto you know can Pascal Siakam play better than what he did in the bubble you know so I'm just I'm, I'm excited to see what the in the in and like I said I believe it's either this week or next week that the preseason starts so I, it's it's a it's a quick it's a quick turnaround but I'm excited you know I, I'm more of a basketball fan if you haven't noticed I mean if you're watching the videos you can clearly see the John I mean the Allen Iverson poster I mean jersey in the background I'm a I'm a big bat. I'm more of a basketball fan than a football fan. I do love both. Don't get me wrong, but I will say I, Christmas is is big for me, only solely for basketball. So, um, but speaking of basketball, man, who Paul George has been on a uh, a tear, <laughs> to, for lack of a better word. Paul George has has went crazy when it comes to the media. Uh, he was a guest on All the Smoke podcast. That is the podcast with Matt Barnes and uh, Stephen Jackson. Shouts out to them. And he was just letting it fly when it came. Like he was sending bullets, all types of all types of bullets to Doc Rivers' uh, doorstep, saying that. Uh, Doc Ribber didn't use him right, saying that, you know, he, the team didn't adjust, which we clearly saw the team didn't adjust in the playoffs. But, you know, being up 3-1 to to Denver and end up losing that series, he he was just going at Paul. He was just going at, um, at Doc Rivers. And on top of that, a report came out saying that him and Kawhi Leonard were getting special treatment. They were getting their own uh, personal trainers and security. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard had say so on when they practiced and when they didn't practice because Kawhi Leonard lived in San Diego. He would be late for team or late for the team flights, which made everyone else late. Uh and the funniest thing was they were saying that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in game was saying was pretty much saying, "Hey, I'm either gonna play or I'm not gonna play." Like that's just how it's gonna be. Like, be like Paul George, we need you. Ah, I'm not gonna play right now. Now, 
special treatment happens all the time. You'd be you'd be you'd be naive if you didn't think LeBron James didn't get special treatment. You'd be naive if you didn't if you thought Steph Curry didn't get special treatment. If you thought Giannis didn't get special treatment. Star players get special treatment. Here's the thing that kind of went left for the Clippers. When you're leader and, and Here's why if you really look at every team, if you or look at all the good teams, they have a they have a leader. And they sometimes their leader is also the vocal leader or sometimes they have like a leader and they also have a, a, another vocal leader. For instance, when you look at Golden State, Steph Curry is clearly the leader. He's the best player. He is the longest tenured player there. He is the leader. However, the vocal leader, and it's clear that the vocal leader is is Draymond Green. He was the vocal leader with Steph Curry. I mean, with, you know, with Steph Curry being there, he was the vocal leader with Kevin Durant there. He is the vocal leader. He's the one that he's going to tell it like it is. You know, vocal leader. Now, the thing about the thing the the thing that has to be the thing that has to be the case is if you're going to be the vocal leader, you have to walk out what you're saying. Meaning, if you're telling everyone to play hard, if you're telling everyone how trash they're playing, you ha- your game has to be on its top shape. Or you have to take accountability in the fact that you have areas in your game that you need to improve. Let's 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 think. Boom, uh, Miami. Jimmy Butler is their leader and their vocal leader. He's their best player. He's their hardest working player, and he's the vocal leader. Like I said, sometimes the vocal leader is two different, you know, the leader and the vocal leader are two different players like Golden State. Sometimes the leader and the vocal leader is the same person like like Miami. Hell, if you want to go, if you want to go L.A., LeBron James is the leaker, leader and the vocal leader. Let's look at Clippers. Who is the leader? We can say Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard doesn't speak like that much at all. Now, of course, I'm not around Kawhi Leonard 24-7, but all his teammates, whether it was in Toronto, whether it was in San Antonio, and even reports out in California, they've said, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a pretty cool guy, but he just doesn't speak. He, he doesn't really talk that much, which means he's not your vocal leader. And it's kind of hard when you're someone that aloof to for people to want to follow you. So then who is the vocal leader, right? It can't be Paul George because almost every, like people in, <laughs> I'm going to just keep it real. I don't even think they really enjoy, because I think Paul George, don't get me wrong. I understand Paul George is a really good player. I understand that Paul George is an all-star. I understand Paul George, what, just two years ago or a year or two ago, was top three in MVP voting. I understand that, you know, in some people's eyes, he's a superstar. But in a lot of people's eyes, he's not. And I do think that it's like, I understand, again, stars get special treatment. So I would understand that Steph Curry getting special treatment. I understand LeBron and AD getting special treatment. I understand Giannis getting special treatment. I understand Jimmy Butler getting special treatment. I understand Nicole Jokic getting special treatment. I get that. 
But when you're looking and you see a player that you think that you're better than, which don't get me wrong, there was nobody on the on the on the Clippers outside of Kawhi Leonard that was better than Paul George. But when you think you're better than Paul George, and then you see him getting special treatment, and you're looking like, hold up, like how the hell can Paul George tell me or tell tell us when there's practice and when there's not gonna be practice? How the hell does Paul George get personal security and personal training? How the hell does Paul George think he's a vocal leader, bro? But I'm better. Like, I, I get what that's coming from. And then you have one thing that I knew could be a problem is Le- Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was going to a team that just pushed the Golden State Warriors a year before us to six games. The Golden State Warriors, that to me, they only lost the championship because they weren't healthy. But this is the same, and that was, they pushed the Golden State Warriors that was healthy. Like, they had Kevin Durant, they had Steph Curry, they had Klay Thompson, they had Draymond Green. Now, Boogie did get hurt, but this was a a fairly healthy Warriors that they pushed to six games. So, I understand they think, wait a second, we're just a piece piece away for actually being real contenders. In fact, when they got Kawhi Leonard, when they got Paul George, a lot of people, including myself, thought that they were going to win it all. But then when you start to see, okay, they're not really gelling. Uh, Of course, we know the stoppage due to COVID, this and the third. And then you come back and the team didn't even want to be in the bubble. And now you have Paul George over here telling me, you know, you know, it wasn't a championship or bust. Yeah, it was because everyone in their mama thought that you were going to win a championship. Not to mention, you're telling people, you know, you need to work hard. You need to play hard. You need to work on your game. And you're shooting that joint and hitting the back, hitting the side of the back. Well, do you understand how hard it is to hit the side of the backboard, my guy? My guy? I play basketball. It is very tough. You're better. You have a better shot of airballing than hitting the side of the backboard. But he did in a playoff game. So there's there's a there's a reason why Montrez Harrell's not there anymore. There's a reason why more than likely I'm not gonna say more than likely because I don't know, but I believe that Lou Williams is probably gonna get traded, or I believe that someone like Patrick Beverly might get traded because when you bring in two stars and the team does not have respect for at least one of them is going to is going to create friction is going to create problems in that locker room there's a reason why Montrez Harold was so ready well they didn't want to pay him in the free agency like and, and there's also because he 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 was a defensive liability in the playoffs but again man there has to be some type of accountability. You can't just blame it. And I'm one of those people, you can't just blame it on the coach, bro. Like, at the end of the day, you were there playing too. So when Paul George is sending shots at Paul uh, at Doc Rivers, you know, saying that they didn't make any adjustments or Doc Rivers didn't know how to play me, but then stats come out and say that you were actually wrong. He played you exactly how you said you wanted to be played. Like, you, at some point, you got to take some accountability in yourself. Okay, I understand. Okay, boom. We're up 3-1. We lost. We lost game. I mean, we we lost. All right, boom. Ah. All right, cool. We're still up 3-2. You lost that game. 3-3. Okay, I don't need a coach to tell me. 
uh, you know, we need to make some adjustments. No, my G, make the damn adjustments yourself. Like, I don't know if, okay, this ain't working. And Even if, even if Doc Rivers wasn't making no adjustments, you as a team got to come together and say, you know what, this ain't working. At least play, they're killing us from three. Let's play zone. Or they're killing us in the paint. Let's 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 make let's play a two three or that you know it's not really working. You guarding so and so ain't really working. Let me take him. I'm pretty sure the coach is like no, don't do that. Like hold on, bro. Clearly what what you've done hasn't worked. Let's let's try something different. Like I'm sure as a star you can do that. And not to mention I know Kawhi Leonard's not going to do that because it's already been Kawhi Leonard doesn't talk. So you have to, as a team, got to be like, you know what? We got we to gotta make some changes. It doesn't always have to be the coach. Yes, the coach should spearhead that, but it doesn't always have to be the coach, especially when you're, you're on the brink, and they got destroyed game seven. So, oh man, again, I, I was one of those people that had the Clippers winning it all last year, and now going into this year with the improvements that – that the Lakers made with Montrez Harold going to uh, leaving the team. I don't know. I, I don't, I know the Clippers will still be a good team and I know that they, they have a chance to make it far, but I don't know if they can have the chemistry enough to win it all. Seeing as though half the team doesn't even seem like they really rock with each other like that. So Paul George, stop, just stop. Stop with the media. Stop with the media talk. Again, you can do media press run. I get it. But you don't have to throw your former coach under the bus. And the only reason why he's still throwing Doc Rivers under the bus is because Doc Rivers is not the coach there anymore. So it would be different he was coaching. But now that he's not, now you, you just think you can just let the semi just go. So, yeah, man, just just chill out. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the Clippers – like if the Clippers have enough to win it, I I definitely thought they did last year, but I don't know if they have enough to win it. So I, I'm excited. Like I said before, I'm excited to see just exactly what the league has to offer this year. You know what I mean? So I'm excited. Is there anything else? I, there's nothing else I want to talk about in basketball. NBA. Let's let's talk a little bit college basketball. Um, you know we got the the Invitationals out the way. The season is, you know, and and they're really starting games. We've seen some teams and some players uh, get affected from COVID already. Like I know the Gonzaga and Baylor game had to get postponed due to COVID. Yeah, again, the le- the world has decided to COVID exists with COVID instead of trying to destroy or trying to kill it. So this is what's gonna happen. And my early my early looks is. You know, people like Luca Garza that plays for Iowa, uh, Jalen Suggs, um, those players look really good. Those players, to me, at least right now, look like, uh, I mean, Naismith, uh, player of the year, uh, early prediction, early, early finalist. But, yeah, man, this I've been saying this for the past few years now. But this year, kind of, I don't know if it's due to COVID or what, but this year looks more prevalent than ever. There's not really a dominant team. Like, it used to be Duke or in North Carolina or Kentucky or or Florida or, or, you know, a team like that. But there's no real dominant team. Hell, North Carolina just lost 
lost to uh, I forgot who they lost to. They lost to the buzzer to somebody Texas. Um, Kentucky drops to one and three after losing to Georgia Tech, and they look they look lost. Duke doesn't have like yeah, they're Duke isn't bad, but they lost some Michigan State, I believe. Um, of course, you got the top two teams, Baylor, and you have Gonzaga. However, Gonzaga has those times where they. Gonzaga to me looks like the Gonzaga and Baylor are the another one and two, but they are the clear best teams. Even though they they both have flaws too, like Gonzaga, they can be beat, and Baylor could definitely be beat. Baylor isn't the best shooting team. Neither is Gonzaga. They're both just pretty big and athletic. So there really isn't a dominant team this year, and this is going to be one of those years where you're going to look up, and I don't think that. You're going to when you look at the final two in March Madness, you're not going to you're going to look like I would never expected that kind of like how Texas Tech was a couple like what or a couple years ago. Nobody thought Texas Tech was going to be able to make it to the freaking final championship, but they did. Uh, you know, Auburn made that run last or what last year or a year before, like <laughs> there, there is no dominant team. Now, yes, I understand it's early. I, I clearly know it's early. I know Kentucky can turn it around. I know Duke can still turn it around. I know North Carolina, they have some young pieces. They can turn it around. But it just hasn't, at least the early looks, there hasn't been a dominant team, man. There hasn't been a team that I can definitively say, yeah, they're going to be a clear-cut, like they're clear-cut championship material outside of maybe Gonzaga and maybe Baylor even though they both have flaws and they both almost lost what to uh last week. So yeah, not to mention Jalen Jalen Suggs him going down definitely affected how now uh, he did come back in the game and they did end up winning, but with him out, they look Gonzaga looked bad until he came back and he pretty much willed them to victory. So like I said, man, it, it there's no dominant team this year. And there's no team like the Blue Bloods teams that they always talk about should be great. They're not great this year. Kansas almost beat them. So, or Kansas almost beat Gonzaga, and Kansas doesn't look doesn't look dominant. So, yeah, man, I I'm excited. Again, I love basketball, and I'm excited to see. You know, you have you have Texas looks good. You have North Carolina. That's my team. You have. Uh, I want to see what Maryland looks like. Um, again, Gonzaga, Baylor. I want to see what Kansas looks like. I want to see what. Uh, I just, I just want to see which team because like Iowa looks good. I, I, I want to see what team. Seeing as though not everyone is great, I want to see what team rises up. Hell, Michigan State could. This could be a a good year for Michigan State. Like I just want to see who rises up and uh, out of. To me, the pool is 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 so evenly meshed right now. I want to see who rises up and actually can you know can can take it. Because seeing as though we always say, and I'm one of those people, we always say Gonzaga is one of the best teams. Yet and still, they ain't won a championship. I know they almost won. Uh, they went to the national championship and lost to North Carolina, and then like the year after that, they lost in 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 like the final four or something like that. But like I said. I want to see, you know, what happens to Villanova. Like, there's 
the the playing field is so even right now. I'm just excited to see how it how it all how it all pans out. So those are my early predictions. Uh or early that's the what I've seen early in the college football season. Again, I I mean college basketball season. I understand that they were just invitationals and you know, conference play hasn't started. Of course we need to see how Florida State plays in conference. I, I would like to see how uh what Ohio State has in store, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to see, you know, is Michigan and Juwan Howard, are they going to, to make some noise? So, yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything else I'm talking about college? No, there's not. Uh, let's move to football. So every year there's a week in, in – or every season there's a week in football that is madness. I think maybe I think last year it might have been week 14 or week 15 where uh, the Patriots lost to like the Dolphins, um, Kansas City lost pretty bad, uh, the Ravens lost like no the Ravens didn't lose but like teams that there, there's always a week where it's just stuff goes haywire you know what I mean and this week and this year was season or this season was week 13. Now, let me first start off by saying that this is one of the closest playoff races we have on both sides. You have the Saints up atop the NFC. You have the Steelers on top of the AFC. You know, you have a, a couple of 9-3 and three teams or, or a couple of 11-1 and one teams. You have a couple of... Uh, first place potential teams in the in the north i mean in the nfc there's a lot of there's a lot of 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 it's a very close race let's say that but we'll start with the washington wizards i mean washington football team beating the patriots ruining their undefeated season 23 to 17 now Let me say this. This 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 was a huge loss and a huge win for for Washington and a huge loss for uh the Steelers. And let's let's start with the Steelers at first. This is huge because I don't think I because the NFL is is adding another team to the playoffs. That means only one team gets a bye week. And I think that the bye week will benefit Pittsburgh, especially in the AFC, more than it would Kansas City. Now, I say only Kansas City because Kansas City is 11 and 1 and now Pittsburgh is 11 and 1. And Kansas City, their next few games is the Dolphins, the Saints, the Falcons and the Chargers, while Pittsburgh's next few games are the Bills, the Bengals, the Colts and the Browns. The 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 difference between that is the only defensive like the the only good defensive team that or teams that the Chiefs play are the Dolphins and the Saints. Outside of um the the Bengals, the Steelers play nothing but defensive teams. The Colts is a great defensive team. The 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 Browns is a good defensive team, and the Bills is a good defensive team. Hell, we saw what the Bills did last night. 
I think that the Steelers need this bye week more than any. I mean, more than the the Chiefs do, because we know the Chiefs are still young. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, who is the best player in the NFL. (laughs) And not to mention, if you really look at the Steelers, they have not played well the last few weeks. Yes, they've won, but they have not played well. They haven't played a brand of foot. Like, they should have lost against the, the, the Cowboys. They should have lost against the Ravens. Like, they just ha- – they, hell, they almost lost against the RG3 and Trace McSorley led Ravens last week. So – and they should have lost to the, – the only reason why they lost – I mean, they beat the Ravens the first time is because Lamar Jackson had four turnovers. So – they just haven't looked good for a while. And a lot of people have been talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers as being a fraudulent, undefeated team, seeing as though they've had the weakest schedule in the NFL. Now, I'm one of those people that say you play who you play. You know what I'm saying? I understand that some teams are better than others, but you play what's on your schedule. It's not my fault that they're on the schedule and we beat them. It is what it is. But they have not looked good. And... The Washington game or the game yesterday really exposed a lot. It exposed that the the wide receivers still miss a lot of passes. Like Eric Ebron missed a lot of drops, a lot of passes. Washington drops a lot of passes. How good he's been playing. Claypool drops a lot of passes. And Juju Smith-Schuster, who's only 24, but he's their veteran. He drops a lot of passes. So, you know, the quarter, you know, they drop a lot of passes. Their defense is still incredible. I think TJ Watt more than likely should be the defensive player of the year between him or Aaron Donald, but their offense just haven't been has not been clicking. Not to mention James Conner's out with COVID. And then Snell, I mean, you don't really have a number one running back. So they just haven't looked good. And I don't get me wrong. I am a Washington fan, but I didn't think that they Washington would, would be able to beat the Steelers. I did think that the defenses would, would be it'll be a really good matchup, but I didn't think Washington had it in them, especially not with Alex Smith starting a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Alex Smith is the comeback player of the year, but I just didn't expect it. And but yeah, I I do think that. Do I think that the the Pittsburgh Steelers can make it to the Super Bowl? Yes, I do. I do think that, you know, any given Sunday they can it can click for them and they can just be firing off cylinders offensively. I think that their their defense is more now I do think that losing Travis Dupree is huge for them. You know, he's a pro bowler. I I, I do think losing him would be huge. However, you still have TJ Watt. You still have uh Hayden. You still have uh, Casey Hayward, you still have Mika Fitzpatrick. I do think they have enough players that can supplement or that can cover the fact that Travis Dupree is out with a torn ACL. But this this game might have been might be a wake up call for them, seeing as though they need to play better. Big Ben needs to play better. Uh, the wide receivers need to play better. That's that's what I think, and not to mention. You and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers understand because you see how upset Tom Collin is, even in wins. They understand how important that number one overall seed because, like I said, this year is the only year or this year only one team gets a bye week. Usually it's been two, but now that you add a team, one team gets a bye week. 
And I think that the page or the Pittsburgh Steelers need this bye week a whole hell of a lot more than the team that is biting at their ankles, which are the Kansas City Chiefs. Not to mention, if you look at the rosters top and no, let me look at the offenses top and bottom. There is no doubt. There should be no question who has the better offense. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs. So you do not want them to sit you do not want them to have a bye week especially if you have to play a team like the bills or we'll see what happens with the patriots but even if the patriots make it you do not want to see them in the you do not want to see them in the in the in the playoffs then have to see uh uh a freaking Kansas City Chiefs so that's why this this loss was huge for I think I think that their undefeated schedule was the only thing that was uh I think that the Steelers undefeated schedule or undefeated record was the only thing that was kind of um giving them solace that yeah we're we're you know we're still in the driver's seat when it comes to this uh when it comes to the why uh when it comes to the first first overall seed, now that they're tying with or they have the same record as the Chiefs, I do think that we're gonna have to see. Okay, whoa, now like now we've really got to play, seeing as though outside of the Saints. But then again, will the Saints? I don't think the Saints with Taysom Hill, even though their defense is explosive, I don't know if the Saints if Taysom Hill plays. I don't think that they can beat the Chiefs. So. You know that this this loss was huge for the for for Seattle. I mean for the Steelers. I do think that, like I said, they can bounce back. You know they have. I, don't, I know they have the. I don't remember who they have coming up. The Bills, and I do think that they can lose to the Bills. But if you know, I, I'm they just need to bounce back. So this loss was huge for them. But I I don't think that it it was catastrophic, seeing as though they're still. Number one in the AFC, and this this win was big for Washington, and this win was big for Washington, seeing as though what happened in the game against the Seahawks and the New York Giants. Now Washington's not a good team. I mean, Washington's not a good team at all. Don't get me wrong. Now their defense is elite. Their defense is a top three and top three defense. No, let me let me, let me chill out. <laughs> their their offensive front is a top offensive front in the league i'll give it top three you know you have an offensive or defensive front of all first rounders you have to me the rookie defensive player of the year and chase young you have kerrigan who doesn't even start but you know he's playing minutes you have Payne. you have mantra sweat you have so many you have jonathan allen their their defense is 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 pretty good now their defense does kind of I'm just I'm just call it a spade a spade. Their offense is not good. Outside of Antonio Gibson, who was who got injured uh yesterday, and Terry McLaurin, they don't really have a good offense. So I do think that I do think that it, you know I I don't think that they'll be able I do think defensively they can make noise if they make it to the playoffs. I just I'm just be real. They're not. They're not really a good team, man. They're they're not. They're they're a good defense, but they're not really a good team. But I said that this was huge because they're still tied with number one. Now they aren't number one, but they still tied with number one. 
in the NFC East because the Giants went to Seattle and beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Now, I that's that that was more that was uh that was on the same level of shock value that the Washington beating uh the Steelers was. I didn't see it coming. I didn't I knew that the Giants had a, do- a solid defense, but I didn't think Colt McCoy was going to lead them past the 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 Seahawks, especially seeing how the Seahawks played just a week earlier and how they looked incredible. I just didn't see it. But like I said, Washington still has a chance. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. I I, I don't know. Now the thing that is hurting them is uh the Giants do did sweep them. So that 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 sucks. The Giants are gonna have to lose a couple games and Washington's gonna have to pretty much win out. Now that it also, you know, Washington and the Giants winning and the Eagles losing does kind of close the cart. There's a small chance, but it does kind of close the coffin for the Eagles. And tonight, if the Dallas loses to the Ravens, which I wholeheartedly believe they will, that closes the door for them pretty much. So it. Right now, it's still pretty much a four-team race, even though they're trash. It's still a four-team race in the NFC East, but Dallas losing tonight, if they do lose, and the Eagle and Eagles losing to the Green Bay, pretty much close the door for them. So, there's that. Um, I have to give his props, man. I was I was one of those people that were that was very vocal about um Baker Mayfield and about I don't think that he can lead a team to the promised land. Now, let me let me let me say this. I will eat crow for this week. Baker Mayfield, no, I will eat crow for the for the last few weeks. What Baker Mayfield has done and what what Kevin Stefanski and the Browns have done is they have utilize Baker Mayfield and and put him in spots where he flourishes at meaning he doesn't do a lot of passes losing OBJ definitely hurt them but you know you have Peoples Jones he's been great you have Jarvis Landry he's been great it's like Baker Mayfield doesn't throw the it's this is a ground and pound team however Baker Mayfield they don't ask him to save the day but they do ask him to steer the ship and he's he's been able to do that, and they beat the holy. Now the the score looks close. Yeah, they beat the Titans in the score. I think it was like forty one thirty five. That looks close, but they were. I think they were up like thirty thirty five or thirty something to seven at halftime. Like they were beating the 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 dog. Like they were beating the brakes off Tennessee, and. Baker Mayfield looked incredible. He had a couple touchdown passes, and he he just didn't he didn't put them in harm's way. So I will eat crow until you know. No, I will eat crow right now. I I I think that I don't think a lot of people come on. I don't think a lot of people, especially sports analysts, like to admit when they're wrong. But I was wrong at least for for right now. I was wrong. Baker Mayfield has looked really good this year. He looks you know he he. I don't know. I don't believe that the Browns. I know the Browns are definitely in the playoffs, but 
but I don't know if they're good enough or if he's good enough to win a playoff game. However, I I was wrong, and Baker Mayfield has been a lot better than I expected him to be. So I will be the first to say I was wrong about Baker. Shouts out to Baker Mayfield and shouts out to the Browns. Ah, but this one, this one, this one hurts. So actually it doesn't hurt. So we just talked about um, the Eagles losing to the Green Bay Packers. And with that loss, Carson Wentz was benched in the third quarter. Now, a lot of people, including myself, were saying, yo, this might be time to bench Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz did not look good at all in the third quarter. And Jalen Hurst came in and... He threw a touchdown pass. He 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 made a couple good passes. They still lost, and they, they it, it pretty much wasn't close, but he gave them a spark. Now, you're probably asking yourself, uh, no, there's not asking yourself. Now a lot of people are saying, what, is, what happens next? You know, next game, do you bring back Carson? Do you start Jalen Hurts? I say this. There's no way, in my opinion, you can bench a player and then bring him back. Bench a player. The player that you bring bring in looks decent enough to start and then turn around and then be like, nah, we got to go back to player A. Like, th- there's no scenario I can see Carson, un- unless Jalen Hurts just gets hurt or something. There's no way I can see Carson Hurts playing at least next game. Now, <laughs> I do think that I don't. Now I know I don't think that they can trade him, seeing as though the contract that he has is one of the largest contracts in in the NFL, and the production doesn't match the contract. But you cannot bench a player, and then the person that comes off the bench, plays better than the starter, and then you have to be like, I, I don't know if we should start him or not. Like, there, I just don't see a scenario where Jalen Hurst does not start at least next game. Now, could they lose next game? Yes, they could. And could Jalen Hurst look, look bad? Yes. I mean, Carson Wentz, I believe, was sacked like five times on, on Sunday, and I think Jalen Hurst was sacked three. So the offensive line is still horrible. But I, it's – I just don't see a scenario where Carson Wentz can start next game. Not to mention, and, and don't give me who, and don't let Jalen Hurts win. If Jalen Hurts win, and I don't even, I'm not wishing that. I'm not wishing, you know, actually, yes, I am. I'm a, I'm a Washington fan. <laughs> let Jalen Hurts win. Oh, my goodness. You will hear every Philadelphia radio station say, get Carson the F out of here. And, I mean, I, yeah. Carson Wentz has just been bad. His decision making has been horrible this year, man. And it it just it it just hasn't he hasn't produced. He hasn't been the franchise quarterback that a lot of people. He hasn't. You remember before he got hurt? I believe the year they won the Super Bowl. Before he got hurt, he was an MVP favorite. Like he was an MVP front runner. And then of course he got hurt. And then we know what happened with Nick Foles in the playoffs. But I just. He hasn't been a good quarterback, and I was one of those people like, look what's around him. You know what I'm saying? He 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 doesn't. He has 
scrap heap on the offensive line. He has scrap heap when it comes to wide receivers. How could you flourish with this? However, again, I, I could, it's it's hard for me when you – I understand when you don't have a lot of pieces, but when you're also making poor, poor decisions, it, you have to take accountability in that, which he's done, to get me wrong, but he, he's been benched, so – yeah, I, I, yeah, and Jalen Hurts, I, I, I definitely wish the best for him, man. Jalen Hurts, I don't know if he's ready to be a a full time starter yet, but he he definitely showed some promise. Uh, he showed, you know, he he definitely had a couple of really good um passes. Of course, he had a good touchdown pass. Uh, and yeah, I just I do think that Doug Peterson is definitely gone at the end of this year. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. I, I really, I really don't know, but yeah, um, tight ends had a big day on Sunday. Uh, Travis Kelsey became the first tight end ever to record five, a thousand yard seasons. Um, shouts out to him and Darren Waller from the, from the Raiders, uh, became the seventh tight end with a 200 with 200 or more receiving yards in a game. Hell, this is this is a different. You know, we've seen great tight ends. We've seen Shannon Sharp. We've seen Tony Gonzalez, but this this is to me, and of course we've seen Gronk. But this to me is a different age of tight ends. These 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 tight ends, like when you look at Gronk, Gronk was known. Yeah, he did a lot of good catches, but he was also known for how great he was in the blocking game. Uh, of course, Shannon Sharp. He was known for his catching ability, but there wasn't a lot of Shannon Sharps in the league when he was there. Tony Gonzalez, the same way. There wasn't a lot of Tony Gonzalez's in this in the league. If you look at tight ends now, you have uh, Travis Kelsey. You have Darren Waller, who a lot of people don't know if he is a a, a tight end or oversized wide receiver. Hell, I be- like to believe Travis Kelsey is top five in receiving yards. Uh, George Kittle when he's healthy. Um Logan Thomas, I mean, I'm no, I don't get me wrong. He's not one of the top tight ends, but he was a quarterback in in college. Like, you're starting to see a a, a lot more hybrids of tight ends. And T.J. Hawkinson, Hawkinson, I believe, in in Detroit, like uh, Robert Tanyan in 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 Green Bay. You're just starting to see Dallas Goddard's, uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, Zach Ertz. Like this to me is definitely. Renaissance, you know, you know, this this definitely is a renaissance and a golden a golden age of tight ends. These tight ends are hybrids now. Like I said, Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends we've seen in a while. Hell, you you hear people like Shannon Sharp saying that Travis Kelsey can go down as one of, if not the greatest receiving tight end ever, rivaling that of Tony Gonzalez. So, shouts out to the tight ends, man. And Darren Waller, like I said, he's just a freaking beast, man. And yeah, man. And, and speaking of speaking of uh, Waller and the and and the let me look. The Jets just find a way to lose, man. The Jets, the the Jets, man. When you have almost everybody come out and say, "All right," so what happened was the Jets were about to win. They're about to beat the 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 Raiders, and all they had to do was play prevent defense but instead like you had i think they only had like eight seconds left or something like that 
or 13 seconds or something like that. And all you had to do was keep them out the end zone because the only thing that would kill you, they were up four. So a field goal wouldn't do nothing. It had to be a touchdown. Everybody and they, everybody and they mama knows you have to play prevent defense. You don't need to rush nobody. You just you cannot let them beat you over the top. What does Greg Williams do, the the off, uh, defensive coordinator for the Jets? The man does a all-out blitz, leaving your corners one-on-one with Henry Ruggs, one of the fastest players in the league, and uh, they lost. And rightfully so, Greg Williams loses his job the next day. They he lost his job yesterday. Now I'm not. It's not funny that someone loses a job, but when you have almost everybody in the media, almost now almost everybody that knows sports, come out and say that was one of, if not the worst defensive play call they have ever seen in the history of the NFL. That 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 right there, you you can't lose, you can't win, you can't you can't keep your job after that. When that when when no, you can't keep your job after that. So the Jets, man, the Jets find a way to lose, man. They really won Trevor Lawrence, man. <laughs> the Jets really won Trevor Lawrence, and hey, I, I guess I can't blame them, but Jesus, that they you and you they invent new ways. They 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 won. They were winning that game 98% of the time. Like 98% of that game they were winning. It was just that 2% that cost them, which is crazy. It's just crazy. But, hey. Um, the, the Patriots are – the Patriots, man, look. We talk about Greg Williams getting fired. I, I'm not one for definitely black coach getting fired, but Anthony Lynn, bro, when – Cam Newton throws for 69 yards. He throws a total of 69 yards. And you lose 45 to 0. And don't get me wrong, Justin Herbert ain't that bad. That offense isn't that bad. That defense isn't that bad to lose 45-0. Like you had I think you have too too many men on the field five times that game. Like and shouts out to Cam, man. A lot of people want to talk about, you know, Cam is having a bad year, this, that, and the third. I mean, Cam was having a really good year until the COVID hit. And then you when your best when your best receiver right now is Jacoby Myers, like, yeah, man. But shouts out to Cam. Shouts out to Cam. Shouts out to Cam. Uh, we don't need to talk about, I mean, all the other games in depth. The Saints beat the Falcons 21 to 16. Saints clinched the playoff berth after that. The Lions uh beat the Bears. The Bears were winning the entire game in the fourth quarter they collapsed. Like the Bears, you know, it's starting to get really embarrassing for Nate uh for Matt Nagy um for for Miss Trubisky. When you let the the Bears, I think the Bears were uh, down ten with like a minute to go, and they still won. So, like I said, and I think that's the Bears' like sixth or sixth game, sixth loss in a row. So, yeah. Um, Indianapolis beat the Tennessee Titans twenty six to twenty. Again, it's just another indictment. Deshaun Watson does have much to work with now. I will say, 
It did Deshaun Watson was the main reason why they lost seeing as though he fumbled the uh he was driving him down the field at the end and he fumbled the the snap. But yeah, man, it yeah. Bengals lost to the Dolphins uh nineteen to seven. That was there was two fights on that one. Tyler Boyd got into a fight and then it was pretty much a, 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 a whole team brawl. Dallas, that's what you do when your quarterback gets cheap shotted. You know, the Miami Hill, Brian Flores was out there ready to scrap. So, that Dallas, take notes. Um, Jaguars, I mean, Vikings beat the Jaguars 24 to 20 or 27 to 24. Uh, uh, Jeffries, five games with 100 plus rushing yards. That is a, that, is a record that was set, at least a Minnesota record that was set by Randy Moss and Jeffries be- Jefferson. I'm sorry, beat that or you know, so set that. So shouts out to him. Um, the Rams beat the Cardinals 38 to 28. The Rams have won seven straight games against Arizona, and Arizona hasn't looked good since Kyler Murray tweet or hurt his ankle. I mean, hurt his shoulder. Uh, that's about it, man. Oh, um, the Bills beat the 49ers uh, 34 to 24. Um, there's that. Oh, and I think a, a whole bunch of people on the Panthers got COVID after this being their bye week. So I don't know what the hell the Panthers did. I know DJ Moore's on the COVID list and a couple other players. Like, y'all was wilding on, on your, uh, on your, on your uh, break, man. Uh, Jesus, or bye week. Um, is there anything else I want to talk about football, man? I don't think so. Uh, another news, Floyd Mayweather, uh, agreed to, or announced that he will be fighting Logan Paul, the brother of Jake Paul in an exhibition, I believe February 20th. Um, here's all I'll say about this. For people that don't know, like I said, Logan Paul is the brother of Jake Paul. Jake Paul is the guy that knocked out Nate Robinson. I get it. Um, If you think this is about to be anywhere close to what happened to Nate Robinson, you got another thing coming. See, one thing that a lot of people, you know, we talked about it last week. There's a lot of reason. There's a lot of, when you hear about athletes that are double, double sport athletes, or athletes that excel in, in two sports. One thing that you don't hear a lot of is that second sport being boxing or that second sport being UFC or fighting or, or any and fighting any type. That's because you have to you have to be dedicated and you have to understand what's going on. You have to give your all to fighting or you will get your head knocked off. Now, if you think now I understand that Jake or Logan Paul is bigger than Floyd Mayweather. I understand that he's younger than Floyd Mayweather. I probably understand that he's stronger than Floyd Mayweather. But if you think <laughs> that the same thing that happened to Nate Robinson is the same thing that's going to happen to Floyd Money Mayweather, you you got nothing coming. <laughs> If if you think if you think look Floyd Mayweather is gonna beat this man senseless bro no you know what I'm not gonna say that Floyd Mayweather is gonna win easy check for him get out get in Logan Paul you about to you're about to see what a boxer really is man um 
Yeah, this is about to get bad for the Pauls, bro. I knew someone had to avenge what happened to Nate. I just didn't think it was going to be Floyd. Whew. Yeah, you about to see what a real fighter looks like, man. And, and this is all this is all disrespect to Nate Robinson because, yeah, this. And this is also disrespect to anybody that thinks Floyd Mayweather has a chance of getting knocked out by Logan Paul. That's just, yeah. And before we go. A lot of people feel like because somebody's parenting skills or because somebody's parenting approach, let, let me say, isn't exactly what they would do, they would th- they think is wrong. Or they are are quick to shun or quick to to bash what someone's doing or or what someone's parenting skills or how someone parents their kids and why am i ending with this because the ball a lot of people talked about how you know his flamboyantness and his brashness and his uh, bravado when talking to the media about his sons and you know the way that he was pushing his sons a lot of people didn't really like the way that he was not only talking to his sons, but talking about his sons in the media and talking about his sons, the teams. A lot of people were saying that because of that, their son, his sons are hurting because of that. You know what I mean? Like his sons are, are, he's not parenting his sons right. And last week, his third, his second, the second oldest, which was LeAngelo Ball signed a contract to the Detroit Pistons. His youngest son, who was just the third overall pick in the NBA draft, LaMelo Ball, signed with the Charlotte Hornets. His oldest son, Lamar, I mean, Lavar, I mean, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> damn, what's his oldest son's name again? LaMelo Ball? Whatever. His oldest son is on the Pelicans. Who, by the way, was the number one overall pick? I damn, I'm having I'm really having a brain fart. What is that? What is that man's name, bro? All I'm saying is this. A lot of people. A lot of people. want to talk about um want to say that LeVar Ball he he he's a bad father this and a third a lot of people want to say that um Lonzo boom got it I'm sorry <laughs> Lonzo Ball a lot of people want to say that LeVar Ball is a bad father what I see is a father now I, me on the outside looking in wouldn't do a lot of thing or wouldn't you know do a lot of things that LeVar would do However, I don't have three kids that's now in the NBA. So before we're quick to bash somebody, definitely shine light on the fact that whatever he did got three got his three sons in the NBA. Now, of course, I know you have the Antetokounmpo uh, brothers, you have the Holiday brothers, but now you have all three Ball brothers in the league. The same Ball brothers, which 
people were saying, including myself, that I don't think all three would make it. They made it. So whatever LeVar Ball did, he's doing right. So uh, a lot of people like to bash LeVar. I'm going to end my show with saying congratulations, LeVar Ball. Congratulations to the Ball family for getting all three sons to the NBA. And there you have it. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for watching. If you're on YouTube, I would please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. I, I definitely enjoy the lights and the light schemes, how I, I like changing them every episode. But I appreciate you guys' support. Um, if you want your shirt, uh, any color, just hit me up. I got you. The shirts are $20 and the hoodies are $25. I appreciate you guys. Again, please subscribe. Please subscribe. I would love for you to subscribe to the YouTube channel because, like I said, I, I, I'm doing a lot of cool things, in my opinion, with the set. And I would love you guys to see. But, again, I appreciate y'all. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. Something like them tens She gave a nigga mad brains Something like the whiz But you see the sad thing Fucking with her is Is the chick ain't even had brains Dummy like a bitch So I tried to show her About the world And about just who we really are And where we've come And how we still have to go really far Like baby look at how we live Broke on the boulevard But all she ever want me to do Is unhook a bra Then all I really want Is for her to go down low Before you know it She wet enough to get drowned slow And all that deep shit I was previously down for replaced by freak shit i am currently down for you see i peaked it pussy is power that proud feeling we get knowing that pussy is ours and how it feels to feel that feeling you feeling when you be drilling that shit got a saying you be killing that shit and all the pain the world cause she be healing that shit and now that ain't your girl dog but you be feeling that shit and you just want to tell her everything she might need but in the meantime it's lights please lights please lights please Turn off the lights, for now everything just seems so right And how you make the darkness seem so right Feeling like things gonna be alright Lights please, lights please, turn off the lights For now everything just seems so right And how you make yeah. the darkness seem so right Feeling like things gonna uh, be alright So now we lights, in the hotel, mirrors on the ceiling She say she wanna blow L's, I hear her and I'm willing But every time I smoke, well a nigga mind gone So that every word I spoke, well I'm trying to put her on But she couldn't hear me I told her all about how we been living a lie And that they love to see us all go to prison or die Like baby, look at how they show us on the TV screen But all she ever want me to do is unzip her jeans Then all I really want is for her to get on top Before you know it she working, jerking it non-stop And all that next shit I was previously talking Is now that wet shit that I'm currently lost in And why that sweat drip I am reminded All the times my brother told me that pussy is blinded I'm finding the more I grow the more y'all seem to stay the same Don't even know the rules but yet y'all trying to play the game And ain't it shameful how niggas blame hoes for giving birth To a baby that took two to make Coward nigga you a fake How you gonna look in your son's face and turn your back Then go start another family dog What type of shit is that she said it's okay rubbed my head and told me to relax lay the nigga down proper like she was recording tracks said i know you want to change the world but for the night please just reach over and hit the lights please lights please lights please turn off the lights for now everything just seems so right and how you make the darkness seem so right 
feeling like things gonna be alright Lights please, lights please, turn off the lights For now everything just seems so right And how you make the darkness seem so right Feeling like things gonna be alright Lights please, lights please Lights please, lights please Turn off the lights, lights please Yeah. That's it.